What's going on, guys? Today we've got World Series talk, champion talk. Ruben got his first championship in 32 years as a fan, and I am actually quite happy for him. Was I rooting for them? No, I wasn't. Don't tell him, though. Uh, we're going to get into that one here in just a second. And then stick around because we've got 18 holes of fun for the Halloween tournament that we came up with. KK uh, is on the show today. It's really fun, guys. Believe me, you are not going to want to miss this one. Thank you for checking out the show. Let's get it going. Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Trey, your host, alongside Ruben. Today, we're going to get started on the World Series. We've got plenty for you today. As a matter of fact, we came up with a creative series that I'm excited to introduce at the end of the podcast. We're going to have KK come on, um, and she's going to be kind of talking about her views of, uh, of a golf course that we actually came up with. So you guys are going to have to hear that one for sure. That one's going to be... Um, something I'm really excited to reveal. But Ruben, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm happy. It's just like a, a different kind of feeling every single day now. Better than usual. Better than usual, yes. I like it. Okay. Better than I deserve. Better than you deserve. That's that championship feeling. The Los Angeles Dodgers have become World Series champs. It's like the it's probably I'm wondering, does does it smell better in the morning? Like the air outside just smells a little more fresh. Does do you sleep a little bit better at night? Nothing different. Yeah, something different. I just feel better. I don't know about smelling different, but no. I mean, I smell great all the time. Oh, no, but. you don't. <laughs> all right, so one of the things that kind of stuck out to me as far as them winning the championship was even if you're not rooting for the Dodgers, you wanted to see one of the guys on the Dodgers be successful just because of the narrative that has been created around him. His name's Clayton Kershaw. They talk about how he chokes in the playoffs, how he can't get it done in the playoffs. He's one of the best pitchers maybe of all time. He might be in the top 20 list. Top 10. I mean, he is that good, and he's been that great of a Dodger. Great dude, seems like a great personality, does a lot of good stuff for uh, the community, and I think he benefits like different charities every year with his ping pong tournament and stuff like that, and that's grown to be famous. If you are a, a, a Dodgers fan, how excited are you just to see that, you know what, Clayton just got his validity um, in, in just from this World Series? Yeah, it was getting frustrated watching him um, get beat in the in past World Series yeah. and then having that like that stigma where, oh, no, he can't get it done. Oh, sure. no, playoff Kershaw is bad, and he just and it was. chokes and, and all this stuff. But yeah. I feel like looking back, you go, well, yeah, he tried to go in in the ninth inning of this game, and, and he didn't have his stuff because he's a starter. And then this game, maybe he pitched a little too long. And so some of the stuff maybe wasn't completely his fault, but you know he just had so much like – I don't know, so, so much grit and desire and, you know what I mean, all yeah. his his adrenaline was going that he wanted to be in there the whole time. So you can understand that part if that was just the competitiveness in him. But for him to finally get it done, I mean, everybody, I think he he's played 13 years with the Dodgers. Jeez. So for everybody to just look back at him and go, you know what, this is kind of like one of the original guys from this team. I mean, he's been there longer than the coach, and he just, you know, it's, it's just great to see Is he the longest tenure Dodger? Yes. He's got to be, right? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's exactly why you look at it, even if you're not a fan of the Dodgers, or even if you hate them, and you want to see him do well. Like, I think for the Yankees, when the Yankees were doing well, and you saw Derek Jeter get championships, I still think people were kind of like, mm, I don't care to see Derek Jeter get championships. He still lived a flash life and stuff like that. We've talked about this a million times before. I don't think Clayton Kershaw has spent more than like a million dollars of his total earnings over the course of his career because he just seems like the guy that, I mean, the guy hasn't spent a dollar on a haircut in 30 years. If you look at him, you know. And if you see his facial hair, sometimes he, I don't know, he, he's definitely not sponsored by anything Clipper-wise. Manscape or none of those none kind of, of places. No, God, yeah. no. No, that's that's true. But you know what? He's a he's a like a real guy. He's like the the, the kind of guy that most of us are most of the time. We're just not okay. in the spotlight yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? So to me, it's like, you know what? Sometimes, you know what? I'm going to let my beard grow. No, but not I'm sometimes. Just, I'm just going to let my hair grow. I'm gonna, and I guess um, from watching a podcast or like an interview that he did, he wears the same cap 
from the start of the season, they give him a new cap, and he wears it the whole season. So the cap that you saw in the World Series, yeah, he I just, knew they just put the the patch on his cap, but it was the same cap. He says, "I just wear one cap, you know, per season." That's an "I told you so" right yeah, there. You're right. Because I was like, you know what? There's no way it got that dirty. Like maybe it. No, there's no way. And um, no, but I'm I'm just thinking that if I'm in the spotlight all the time, and I get it. I'm not and not a lot of people know that life. It's it's a it's a rarity to be that famous. We actually listened to another podcast with him in it and they're like you're the like the most famous pitcher. And he's super humble. He's like, "No, I don't think I am." But you think about it and you go, "All right, there are pitchers that may be performing better than him right now because he's getting, you know, he's been out of his so prime." Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh but they're not there's no names that are Clayton Kershaw anymore. Right. I can't even think of the last guy as a pitcher that you go, that guy is the most famous pitcher. What do you think? Like Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson? Yeah, guys. Those guys? Yeah, maybe. Or even guys like uh, Rodney Chapman. You know what I mean? He's yeah, Rodney Chapman's because in he's there. A big, because he's a big uh, closer kind of guy, throws so hard and everything. But probably the most famous one besides Clayton would be like Mariano Rivera. Sure. Because he was like the guy that He's came not in, in there anymore. I know, but I mean, in there, like in the conversation, like <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, in your okay. mind about greatest pitchers. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as greatest pitchers for sure. But I'm just thinking active pitchers. Yeah. You're thinking of a name that you could go to Canada. That a lot and of people talk would to. know. You could yeah. go to Mexico yeah, and say the name, it. and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, Clayton Kershaw." Yeah. Uh, okay, so next on the list is uh, Jimmy Kimmel got on an interview, and he had Cody Bellinger on, and he had Clayton Kershaw on. Apparently. When he had them on, he they uh, Clayton or I'm sorry, Cody Bellinger just like pulled over to the side of the road. He's in Arizona, which is where he's from. He was right, traveling to Arizona. He okay, was, he was in Blythe, is what they said. Okay, so Blythe is on the way. Probably I don't know, still about maybe two hours mm-hmm. from from getting to Chandler or an hour. Or so. What was it? What do you think? He was just driving by himself. Yeah, it looked like he was. That's cool. Yeah, that's I, like humbling, huh? Like you just won a World Series. You usually see um, people with big status like LeBron James, Anthony Davis. They're never by themselves. It's like they can't get by themselves. Cody Bellinger, one of the biggest uh, Dodgers right now, probably the most famous. Um, yeah, minus Clayton Kershaw, of course. And he's over there by himself. Yeah, probably. maybe the the situation was like he, they were at home, and he's like, you know, I want to go see my dad. I want to go talk to him about winning the championship and everything. And then the wife's like, he's like, you want to go? And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay home. Yeah. Okay, I'll just go by myself. And then he just jumps in the car and takes off. And then he's know. like, oh crap, I forgot. I had that interview. I should have waited a day. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a it's t-shirt kind of a on. Big deal. Yeah. He's got a t-shirt on. His hair looks like it normally does. He's kind of one of those guys too. Like he kind of lets the beard get halfway, uh, and his hair's. He's always sometimes. got that thing on. That skull cap, but I mean, That's to me, makes- this is a guy that looks like Adam. Dev- What's his name? Adam Levine from the from Maroon Five. Uh-huh. He he can do that, and it's not like out of style. It's like a look, but Clayton Kershaw. I'm sorry, it is out of style. It's a grunge. You gotta clean it up a little bit. You don't want to be. I mean, his Hall of Fame picture is gonna look like uh, he just woke up, and that's because that's what he does, and that's gross. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. You don't think it's gross? It's it's kind of. Would you want to be remembered that way? Personally. I wouldn't care if I you could pitch care. like that, and if I was a humbling guy like you said, you know, just all about the game and just about having a good time. Okay. Then you know what? I don't care. Like me, you guys say sometimes, Dad, you can't be going to Albertsons like that. You look rough. I'm sure. with an old gross shirt and stuff, and I'm working, or or even like I'm dressed right now. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Thank God it's I, not on video. I guess I don't really want to be remembered like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if I got to put on a polo shirt. And golf shorts every time I'm going to go somewhere just to be remembered that way. Sorry. Remember me. Well, like it's I not am. about that. I mean, yeah, they're going to catch you on your off days, but you still kind of want to be remembered as, yeah, he was a pretty clean cut guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? And that's just not, it's just not in the cards right now for Clayton, for Ruben, uh, neither. Uh, so when you don't right. shave for like a week, like, and I go, dude, you need to trim up. Oh, no, I'm good. And you just, that's keep because it I don't go out whenever I do that. Oh, I don't even but if go you're going to go Nobody somewhere, then you like clean up before you go. To the sponsors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ideally, I would stay behind a microphone so only people know my voice and uh, and not my face. As long as That'd you look ideal. good everywhere but around the microphone. Huh? Yeah, that's all that it part. is. That's okay. all. Yeah, exactly. That's all that it matters. Um, but in that interview, they asked Cody Bellinger if he's high all the time, if he's high on the field. And I'll be honest with you, there's times where I'm watching the game and they get close-ups on him and I'm like, yeah, he is. Or he does get high quite often or maybe before the game it chills him out and you know what dude i i honestly will say i don't think that should be against the rules to just 
be able because I don't. I think they banned it for. They took it off the ban list, didn't they? Oh, did they marijuana? I thought they did for baseball. Know. I'm pretty sure but, they I mean, did. They don't but, test for it. But marijuana is not the only thing you can get high on. I think he's okay. Just, that's fair. He's just got that look. And he, he even said, look. he goes, I've always looked like that. Even yeah. when he was 12 years old, it said um, people were saying that he looked like he was high. So that's just the way his look is. That's but what addiction just, is. It just looks like he has a good time. And even when, when they asked him about it, yeah. he did the like the three fingers up, you know, like, like uh, what's that? A-OK kind of thing. But okay. it looked like he was holding a roach clip. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh yeah, I'm not high. And then he went like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of different. If that's that, funny. Yeah. To anyway. you, maybe I don't know. I don't get it that much. I guess okay. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was just kind of pulling quotes from that one. Randy Rosarena did not get a championship. He's not going to get a ring, but he was the best baseball player on the field at all times throughout the World Series. I thought that that was something that uh, really stood out to me. A rookie, not just a player, but a rookie and a guy that didn't even get to play the whole season, get the full. Uh, experience of of watching live arms from uh, an MLB standpoint because I believe and I don't know because I didn't play professional baseball um, but I believe that when you go to the minor leagues these guys throw just as hard as the major leagues but they're a little more uh, they're a little less refined maybe less consistent yeah. yeah they're less consistent so then you go to the MLB and you go all right cool like I, I'm used to this I've got this and then where that guy wants to pitch it to your weakness, he can hit that exact spot. So, for him to be able to go out there and just be a record-breaking phenom in his first year is something that I hope we see for years to come. What do you think? Is it going to happen? Yeah, it, it, it's got to definitely happen. I was really impressed myself, and I would get frustrated. Every time he came up, it just seemed like he was coming up more often than he should have. Of course. Of course, that lineup didn't produce as many runs no so he didn't it was come like off, him and brandon lau yeah he didn't come up as often as he could have had they scored four or five runs a game but yeah he was just so like in the zone you know what i mean like when they i don't know in basketball they say man that goal must have been huge for him to just right. everything you throw up that's kind of how he was anywhere close to the strike zone they're throwing a beach ball yeah in we're the gonna strike pitch zone. the ball anywhere close and he was just driving it somewhere yeah it was it was impressive to watch yeah i i definitely know that um, that I'd be surprised if he's not uh, doing that year in and year out. Yeah, and I think I saw somewhere, I could be wrong uh, on the team, I need to go back and look at that, but he had more home runs in the postseason than one of the teams in the MLB. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he had nine home runs, I believe, and the, uh, the no, team ended up with 10. 10 had eight. So yeah. can you even imagine that? It's unbelievable. It really <laughs> is crazy. Um, and and the an, another guy on the race, Brandon Lau, how many people do you know with the last name L-O-W-E that's pronounced Lau? Exactly zero. Yeah. I, One I, now, huh? Yeah, now. Well, I don't know him, but yeah. You don't know like, him every time they Every time they would announce it, I'd be like, that's so annoying. Like, how is it not Lowe? Because, you know, of course, you got coached yeah. by a guy named Lowe. And yeah, John Lowe. We've, we've known several people yeah. with that last name. And then for it to be Lau, it's just, <laughs> I guess it's just how people pronounce different stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll let him slide with that one. Blake Snell versus the analytics. I think this was the biggest thing. And I know we're talking a lot about the uh, Rays. We're getting back into the Dodgers here in just a bit. I wanted to take you off your high horse a little bit to just analyze Thank a you. little. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Blake Snell was dominant. Dominant. I'm telling you, 73 pitches he had thrown. And he had made it to, what was it? Uh, he had thrown five and a third innings. And he was he was steaming through at that pace as a coach, I don't care what the analytics say. As a coach, I'm saying I'm going to give him two two base runners. Okay, at least two base runners. Now, if things are going he crazy, it. he deserved he that. earned it. He deserved yeah. it. You're right. He that was his only uh, that was the only base runner that had gotten on since like the second inning or something right. like that. And so uh, for him to be out there dominant, nine Ks, the guy that he, the guys that he was about to face, he had already dominated. Had they got the timing down, who knows? And who's to say? Because we can't ever know. Nick Anderson came in, did what he does, and gave up runs. And uh, so now it it's it's not just Blake Snell versus analytics. It's Blake Snell versus Kevin Cash. There's this whole narrative of, well, is he going to come back? Should he demand a trade? All that stuff. I think that's extreme, but they definitely need to talk. And they need to say, look, dude, I'm the ace. And this is my perspective. I know you got a different one, but I'm the ace. If I feel good, if I'm looking good, if my pitch counts down, you can't give me a solid reason other than your stupid analytics. You're leaving me in the game 
or I will be demanding a trade because a guy like that can get out and he can get signed by any big market team. The For Dodgers sure. would gladly take him and dump David Price. Yes, exactly. You know what no, I mean? My, my biggest thing was I feel like almost like there's not enough communication. And when he walked out of the dugout, I feel like he owed him the courtesy to go talk to him and go, hey, Just look. Just talk to him. You know what I mean? And, and maybe let him plead his case for a few seconds till the umpire walks out there and then go, you know what? I think we're going to go with Anderson. And then you put your arm up and go, hey. Sure. Or you go, you know what? I'm going to give you another batter. If you can get Mookie, then, you know, we're going to take yeah. you batter by batter. But no, he he walked right out of the dugout and like two steps out, he puts his hand up for Nick Anderson. Didn't even so give it him was a done. chance. Yeah, he was done. And that was it. So he couldn't even like plead his case. So I could see where he was frustrated after the game. And he had every right to be six. Um, he had uh, six strikeouts on the first three batters. Ridiculous. So those guys weren't even close to hitting it. And then the next thing you know, Mookie's hitting one down the third baseline, mm -hmm. and it's a double, and it's um, it's you know, it's over. It's scoring a it's run. Essentially it's, gone right. No, there no, it went team. second and third, huh? It yeah, was, it was. The, but you knew the wild it was pitch coming. that it's, got it's the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in playoff baseball, you can't make even one mistake because it just builds so quickly. A walk is a run. Uh, a base hit. Um, with no outs is a run. I mean, it's just that's just how it goes. And the guy had an out. You know, he had himself set up, and and I believe wholeheartedly that he knew how to approach this lineup because, like, like we talked about before, yeah. you said he had a Cy Young award. That's big time. And if so, this is my thing. If it's Trevor Rogers on the mound, because we like to go back to using him as our example, he's a fantastic rookie and he's having a season like, or he's having a game like this, but it's not something that he does night in and night out. Then you go, look, man, you've done a heck of a job. We're going to go to our bullpen. You, Thank you so much for your effort. That would make more sense. That'd make way more sense. Uh -huh. But he's not. He's an ace. He's he's a well seasoned. Um, is he a vet? I don't know if he's a vet. What is he like? Probably five seasons. Yeah, in? something like that. So, a guy like this, he knows his way around the MLB. He knows how to handle uh, um, batters, live batters at that level, and he has shown and proven himself to be very good in the playoffs. There's different kinds of things in the playoffs. Not so good in the, in the uh, regular season at this time, it's not so good, but the analytics did not prove through him that he wasn't going to do good. Right. And, and the best, probably the best, uh, thing you could say about him when they interviewed, um, Cody Bellinger after mm -hmm. the game, he said, Oh yeah, Blake Snell was gross. That, oh. that was like the best thing that, any of them could have hoped for was them to take him out of the game. Exactly. You know what I mean, cause it's like, you know what? Exactly. We feel like, I mean, cause to me, I think you go up there with, with your third time bat and you're like, dang, I've struck out three times on this guy. I just want to put it in play. They're not even trying to think no. about base hit. They're not trying to hit it out of the park. They're just trying to make contact and not look like idiots striking out every time up. So when this happened, they were like, Oh gosh, thank you. Yeah. We got him out of there. You know yeah, what I mean? So we've got a chance. Yeah. Mentally you change your approach. Yes. And as a pitcher, he was good. He was going to do the same thing. I've already struck these guys out. They're already kind of changing how they're going to work on me. I'm going to change how I work on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy's different. It's not. He's built different. He's built. He's different. built different. <laughs> um, but no, I like the way that that was put too because, um, from my experience, I wasn't a hitter in college. But when we would play teams that their pitcher was notable, their yeah, ace nasty. was notable. We played Dallas Baptist. There was a guy. He threw a hundred miles per hour, and the goal was not to attack 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 let's get five runs in the first five innings it was i mean sure that would be that comes with it yeah that's but but before the game we have a team meeting pitchers and all and they go take pitches extend on your uh accounts so that in the fourth inning he's got 90 pitches and we're looking at a, at a reliever we can get him out of there the sooner better. we can get him out of yeah. there and we can play good defense because our ace would counter him decently um, then we have a chance. But it was right. never, let's attack the ace, let's go get him. And that's how the Dodgers were approaching this. We can't really attack Blake Snell because as hard as we try, we just can't figure to gr figure out a way to grasp him. But, yeah. Yeah, for him to have <laughs> that low of a pitch count with nine strikeouts, that means he's throwing a lot of pitches to him. You know what I mean? Usually if you have a, a low strikeout because you're getting ground balls and pop-ups, then that, that makes sense. But he had a lot of strikeouts nope. and he had a low pitch count. Yeah, so, that, so, so, so that very was, small. Like, so the ones that weren't striking out were just putting it in play right away yeah. because they were just trying to get the first pitch they could you know, have a chance at. I want to go back and look to see what the longest count he had with the guy was. I mean, I couldn't even imagine he got to a four. More than five, five Honestly, pitches. I no, bet. Yeah. I yeah, it's in, it's in, it's insane to think of what that guy was doing and that he got turned down for that. 
Justin Turner. Uh, Justin Turner. Seventh inning, he gets pulled out. Apparently, I went back and read it a little bit, and they did test the uh, morning of, and then they got in the results for everybody before the game. And so you're thinking, okay, before the game, that means that the Dodgers tampered with how this would work out, and then they found out, oh, you know, he's 0 for 3. Let's in, pull him now. In the in the equipment room, they yeah. had a guy taped up that was the guy that was mm-hmm. supposed to go tell him. Exactly. They had him taped up, and they, they found him in the seventh inning. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, what had happened, uh, uh, allegedly, apparently, was that he actually... The, his test was inconclusive, so they went and ran the test again, and by the time they got it, it was conveniently the seventh inning where he was going 0 for 3. The team was okay in a decent position to win, and uh, that was that. Because I, I heard him say they lifted Can you imagine? That they were like, Dave Roberts was like, after he popped up that one time and it almost went out of the fence, he's like, go ahead and get him out of here now. Yeah, it's time. You know what I mean? Like It's time. Like, yeah, wait. So what? they show him in the dugout. Two guys are holding him while they're swabbing his his nose to try to get that sample. You know what yeah. I mean? They're like, hey, we got to get a sample. That way, if he's positive, we can get him out of here. get him going. But let, let Edward Rios finish the game. It's ridiculous um, that that happened because if it's inconclusive or whatever, like I understand but I just don't get how this took so long to the seventh inning. He's out there. He's got no mask on. And, and whether you're a mask person or an anti-mask person, this is the rules for the MLB. This is what we had to do in order to play throughout this COVID stupid thing that's going on. We all hate, but we had to do it. And so then he's exposing so many people. Of course, he didn't expose much of the Rays, I don't think, because he never got on base. The dude was brutal that game. Just that game. Just that game. I mean, who knows? But I'm sure he's he might have had it longer yeah. than just that game. Both so teams might he be was down. actually pretty hot. He was one of the hottest hitters except for that game. So yeah. so you can't uh, talk too bad about JT. I can talk about him that but, game. But yeah, he definitely didn't do right. Once the, you know, once they got him, you could they showed in the dugout when they told him and then yeah. he was like pissed, like, you know, so they made him go quarantine, you know, hey, get away from the guys, all that stuff. Yeah. He was mad. He goes inside. And then after the game's over, I guess they said like an hour later, he's like, you know what? He's probably thinking about it in the, in the dang locker room going, you know what? This is crap. I'm not going to be in any of the pictures. I earned this championship like everybody else. I've been playing with them for, I don't know what, five years. maybe. No, no, I know it's not right, but I'm just saying he's thinking this in his head and he's just like, you know what? I'm going to be in the pictures. So he goes back out on the field. That's crazy. And, I totally get it if they say, look, you can go back out on the field. I do, we don't care if you're in your uniform or whatever, but you got to keep a mask on. Maybe even give him a mask and a face shield, which is like the protocol if you are in it severely or close to it, like in doctor's offices and stuff. If you have that on, I know it sucks, but you're going to be remembered as that anyways. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess 10 years down the road, he's banking on, well, people aren't going to remember. We just going to remember we won. They're going to remember that story because he's going to get fined and yeah, suspended. better be. I promise you before. He's got to be. By the time the season starts, or they're going to go, you know what, should we find him? And then they'll ask the commission and the commission will go, wait. Um, yeah, I guess we should wait. Did no. We, did we take the, the trophy same. away from the Astros? No. Okay, never mind. Um, all right. So. The next thing is, uh, so I was looking up stuff on the World Series just to kind of get some more material for this. And uh, I typed in World Series on Google. And since it just happened and and the results just came in, you know, from the last, uh, within the last week and a half, two weeks, um, they still have it to where when you click enter, that page pops up and animated fireworks pops up. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I don't know. I just thought that was a fun Maybe because LA's in Disney World area disneyland area and maybe that's just the, that animation yeah. i mean we 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 get fireworks here in carlsbad too so i don't think it's just a f- disneyland thing yeah but if yeah. you google carlsbad um new mexico it's not going to show fireworks that's what i'm saying it might have you seen our fireworks show holy smokes all right um next on the uh list john smoltz needs to be and this is my opinion of course needs to provide color commentary for every single world series from now on he's solidified himself as a great in the booth, uh, he gives so much insight. For the hitters, yeah, okay. But if you're watching baseball and you're watching a guy hit a home run, you know he just got a hold of it. You know what you're doing. But sometimes when you watch and you're just a casual fan, you don't know a lot about why pitchers are having a hard time. You don't know why pitchers aren't getting that pitch over. Why is this guy throwing 100 miles an hour and he's getting rocked? Why? John Smoltz can answer you that question. And, man, does he do it so well and so so smooth 
that I was very impressed. I thought, you know what? This guy's got a job. From yeah. Now on. Yeah. No, I was, I was the same way. I feel like he's been doing it for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, Even though he's like probably, it. this might be his first or second postseason of doing it, but it seems like he's been doing it as long as Joe Buck. You know what I mean? He just seemed yeah. real comfortable. We're relaxed. Like, you know what? This is what's going on. And I have no problem with the guys, the, the post game guys with yeah. David Ortiz, with a rod, with, um, Frank Howard, um, even when um, Pedro Martinez, Pedro used, to Martinez used to do it, I have no problem with any of those guys. They have great analysis. They have great insight. insight yeah. But what I have a problem with is understanding David uh, Ortiz. Sometimes you're it's listening hard. to him and you're going, what? I love to hear what you're saying and you're funny and all this stuff, but you're not. Um, it's hard to understand. And yeah. So, so through a course of a five hour game, you're going to be oh, yeah. sitting there like, dude, all right, that's enough. Same thing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think Arod's very intelligent, and he's a he's a he's a he's good at what speaking, he does. Uh-huh. But I don't know something about his voice too that I'm just like, mm, nope, I couldn't listen to that for a whole game. John Smoltz was clear and clean. Uh, obviously, Pedro Martinez might be. I don't know. He might be harder to listen to than David. Yeah, they're Ortiz. both pretty tough. They're close. Maybe it's a Boston Red Sox thing. It might just be. <laughs> Can we put a slice of the blame on Willie Adamas? Because I personally think that yes, you have to, and this is what. Or I'll tell you what I have to think. But okay, what do you tell think? me. Is for, it a well, yes or a no? I'm going to tell you no because I feel like, you know what? He's out there taking hacks and, and that kind of stuff. He played great defense. I don't think I saw him make an he error did, the whole really time. So so that part, you, you figure, okay, most of the time a shortstop, that's their first thing. Hey, you played great defense up the middle, and you and you do the best you can at the plate. You're usually in the eight or nine hole in the lineup. Yeah. It's a bonus if you're a good hitter like Corey Seager. But – with Adamus, it just seemed like he never even took a two-strike approach, which no. is, you know what, I'm going to put it in play. I'm going to try to get a base hit. Uh, he was well, going some for of these the, big leaguers don't have He one. was going for the yard on every pitch, yeah. every at-bat, and he was batting like a buck 20 or something I don't even know in the series. And I was like, really? So when he came up, you'd always think, okay, first thing you're thinking is he's going to strike out or he's going to hit into a double a play or something. But then at the same time, you're thinking as a baseball player, he's due. So, you know what I mean? If you're against the team, you're like, oh, crap, he's due. I hope it's not his time to actually do yeah. something. And he never did. He never did it. He couldn't come through. And I am going to go ahead and say, yes, you can put a slice of the blame on Willie Adamas. And and this is my reason, okay? When you are a shortstop, when you are a leader on the team, you have to find a way to scrap something, something, anything. He had too much pride. A lot of people hate bunting. It's stupid. Dingers all day long. Okay, but can we play some small ball? You're the shortstop. Throw a bunt down. Keep them on their toes thinking, okay, maybe he's going to throw a bunt down here when there's a guy in in scoring position or there's a guy on base. It just never happened, and he didn't even give himself a chance. I mean, you you see some guys. I want to say I hate saying it, but the Astros have a great great, um, approach with two strikes. Alex Bregman, the guy shortens up. Uh, Jose Altuve, the guy shortens up. You know what I mean? These guys know how to get on base. They're really good contact hitters. What? You know what the two-strike approach is for the Astros? Yeah. They bang the trash can a little bit louder. I know. They do. But (laughs) whether you know what's coming or not, you just have to know that on two strikes, there's you're going to strike out, and you can't help your team with a strikeout other than pitch count run-ups and stuff like that. But he didn't even give his team a chance by putting it in play. I would have much rather had him at the last um, last at-bat hit a ground ball or a pop-up, but he just struck out so much and was just so inefficient that it just, it, to me, it was, yes, you got to put a piece of the blame on him. He did great on defense, but what does that matter when you're getting, you know, when you're doing nothing for your team offensively and your pitchers are just grinding? Back-to-back world champs could happen. It's happened a lot, as a matter of fact. I didn't know it happened this many times. The Yankees had a three-peat from 98 uh, to 2000. The Blue Jays had one 92 to 93, uh, a back-to-back. Um, Yankees, 77 to 78. Reds, 75 to 76. 72 to 74. The A's had a three-peat. And uh, before that, it was like back when they didn't even – they wore like – gloves that had individual fingers and stuff like that so i don't even yeah. count that yeah it's it's crazy because i'm looking at those and i'm going 
man, I remember the A's. Back then, I was a little kid, and we used to play wiffle ball in the backyard, but we used a real little bat and those little golf wiffle balls. Those are the best. And we would play, and uh, I'd play with our friends, and we'd have different areas in the backyard. would be, okay, that's a base hit, that's a home mm-hmm. run. And then you'd be, we'd get the whole lineups, and that was always my team in the early 70s because they had Catfish Hunter, they had Vita Blue, they had Sal Bando, they had Burt Campaneris. I mean, I can remember the whole lineup, yeah, and never it's heard crazy because they won three years in a row and then the big red machine was the 75 to 76 that was johnny bench pete rose uh tony perez which is that perez guy now's dad oh yeah you know what i mean and they were just legit too and it's just crazy to think man am i that old but i am yes. so yeah if we're yes talking about answer. back-to-back world series you know it's tough to go back to back you is. know what i mean it's so many changes so many free agents so many like Things have to happen just right. I'm going to say uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to be a little bit easier to hit next year because that's one more year that he's pitching. And Maybe. then you've got, of course, you've got Walker Bueller that's going to be the stud and he's in his prime. If David Price comes back and and does well, you know what I mean? You've got a lot of good pitching, which that's always been the downfall of the Dodgers is their pitching. Their defense has, and and hitting has Your been great been good, this yeah. year. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. We'll I mean, see. you got you got a guys that uh, you got some guys that were in relief that are starters and they're going to be starters. Um then you got a guy that was a starter for like a half inning every game and uh <laughs> yeah. and so he'll be dumped. But apparently he had a else. great uh regular season as a starter. They kept talking about his ERA was super low and he did well, but for some reason I don't know if they didn't have confidence in him and he could tell. This is what happened. But he played one to two innings though. Kershaw was like, dude, I got this curse on me. So you're going to take it. And you're I think take he, the focus they away did some kind of ritual in the locker room and was like, Voodoo. dude, you're nobody <laughs> to anybody. So just take it. That's sad to say, but I mean, hey, it was in the scarf. It was in the scarf that he was wearing. He was yeah. on wearing a scarf. I know. And it was there. It was right there. That's exactly where it was. Goodness gracious. You, you nailed it. Well, guys, um, we hope that you enjoyed this segment of the podcast. Stick around. We got plenty more for you. I'm excited for you guys to check out the next section of the podcast. We're going to take a break real quick. Be right back. But don't go anywhere. Hey, guys, we have some fantastic sponsors for All Sports Best. That's Constructors, Inc., Albertson's Market, Fashion Iwerks, Kaleidoscoops, Ice Cream and More, and Yates Legacy, LLC. If you are interested in sponsoring the show, whether it's the radio show or the podcast, please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's also where you can find us for social media. So connect with us via social media. So if you feel so inclined, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. That would mean the absolute world to us, guys. Without further ado, here comes KK with our new segment. All right, guys, welcome on in KK, my wife, joining us for the podcast. We came up with a creative section to the podcast we thought you would like. It is the Halloween Golf Course Attraction, and this is a tournament that have uh, that we were inspired by here in Carlsbad, and we actually decided we wanted to make it our own. So, KK, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. What's in your cup right now as you join the show? Um, I have an iced coffee with a little bit of pumpkin caramel syrup and some pumpkin spice Baileys. Oh, I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm joining the party with a little pumpkin spice Baileys myself. Okay. It is straight, though. It's not straight. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go over the holes. Obviously, 18 holes. Uh, played in a tournament, uh, and it, ha- it was 27 holes. It was supposed to be... Um, with a lot of different perks and quirks and all these different things, chances to win prizes, chances to uh, lose strokes, gain strokes, all that stuff. And it didn't end up happening because of COVID. We just played a normal, regular tournament, which was extremely fun, but it kind of just took out that little extra, ooh, I'm kind of looking forward to what is coming next. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we decided, well, you know what? If they're not going to do it, we're going to do it. So here we go. The Halloween Golf Course Attraction, and this is uh, hole number one. I was doing the odds. You're doing the evens. My first one was solve a riddle for a mulligan, okay? Because mulligans are like gold to a golfer. You get to, uh, you don't hit a good shot. You don't like that. You could do better. Your putt stunk or whatever. Then you can go, I'm going to use my mulligan and redo it. Try and and, uh, do better for yourself. This is a two-man scramble here, by the way. Uh, With the solve a riddle for mulligan, uh, there's like a person with a troll costume. 
and everybody that is actually in that group participates so they all get a chance to solve the riddle but if nobody in the four solves the riddle nobody gets a mulligan if one person solves it all of them get it because obviously i can't say kk this is the riddle oh you didn't get it right next person this is the riddle you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's just yeah. hey it's a group effort and it's a really hard one too by the way okay okay i like that i like the touch of the troll costume yeah i mean i think we kind of I don't know. You got to have some kind of Halloween element. Yeah, there's riddles and, and there's a Riddler and stuff like that from Batman. But uh, yeah, the troll costume brings it all together. Okay, hole number two. Okay, this one's mine. Um, I'm going to call it the ghost hole. Okay. So there's no flag on the green. Um, so you don't know where the hole is. So you're just taking a chance. You can't see it okay, until so you get up close. Do you, Okay, so is there like a certain restriction you say you can't get on the green and look for where the hole is until you're on the green? Um, like you have to chip on and then you can find out. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. You have to chip on or even if you drive on to the hole, like what, whenever sure. you're teeing off. Well, that'd be nice. That would be nice. That's pretty powerful. But well, it's a par three. <laughs> oh, this is a par three. This yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. We're making we're, these up. Remember? We're making them up as we go. <laughs> uh, number three is the jump scare. So uh, the what I, why I came up with jump scare was because we've seen it on what is called Jackass, the show or the movie. And they would actually hide in the bushes behind golfers that were teeing off and they would blow the uh, air horn. So you don't release a list of things to the golfers beforehand, right? I don't say, KK, you're playing in this tournament. Here's the sheet of things to come so you can start thinking about them. Nope, you just got to have to be surprised. Oh, yeah. Everything is a secret. And, and as playing. bad as it sounds, we would have to say, sorry, but you have to like leave your phones in the car. We, we're going to check you for phones just so that... You know, my wife, you are not four holes ahead of me and I, and you call me and you go, hey, on hole number four, the holes over here. You know what I mean? Or oh, hole number yeah. two, this is where so and it would just cheat. exactly. It's kind of a gentleman's game, but you can't trust people still. You can't trust people. All right. So that's mine. It's air horn at any given time on the tee box. And uh, yeah. So number four. OK, number four is a pumpkin patch. There's going to be, I don't know, three, four, five pumpkins on the green okay. however many we think and um one of them's covering up the hole mm. so you just have to take a shot there and hit the pumpkin and if there the hole's under it then that counts it just counts as it going in yeah yeah but what if you hit another pumpkin you got to keep going yeah you got to keep going oh, okay. so it adds strokes if you don't pick the right one mm. all right so it's luck of the draw mm -hmm. and so this one is is skill but it's also a lot of luck too because you can have a perfect putt across the green and it hits the wrong pumpkin and it's just like oh well yeah yeah but with your partner so you get to check it as soon as you hit the pumpkin oh. so then it, your partner will know okay that was it or that wasn't let's try somewhere else yeah okay that's cool and then i mean obviously if it's a two-man scramble or two-person scramble you're gonna have uh four people playing at once together yeah so you might have you might so you could interchange have a good you probably have to interchange too right so that you don't go and then i go and both of our pumpkins yeah aren't right yeah okay that makes sense I like that one. That's cool. And it's pumpkin patch. So it actually ties into Halloween very well, especially around here. Number five, I came up with the, uh, the witch's cauldron, uh, something that's very common, uh, for Halloween and just all the movies that we see after hole or after the hole, one player from the group chips, uh, like for the pot. And if any of them make it, then it's a beer for each of the people in the group. So there's beers on this one for, um, that are ready to go. And you can use a mulligan here. If you have a mulligan available and you chip and you're like, Oh, I missed it, but I want to get beers for my guys. You're going to chip again. Um, and actually I'm sorry. I, I just reread it. You only one player gets to do it. So if there's oh. four people on the box or at you the green pick or whatever, your, your best chipper. Exactly. And so, uh, you kind of have to go with that. And like I said, you can use his mulligan, but it kind of stinks for him to use his mulligan to get the beers. But so what beer. happens if that group doesn't drink beer? Um, they get nothing. No, they just, they get the beers and then they can, um, sell them back for credits. I don't know. <laughs> they can okay, sell them. They can enough. sell them to somebody else around there. I don't know. <laughs> Probably definitely illegal. Number six, six. Is, we have the corn maze. Okay. So, um, I imagine like bales of hay just all around the green and there's one point of entry and somehow we make a little maze in there. And so it's almost like a uh, putt putt golf. Okay. You know, like kind of like so that. you can bounce off walls and stuff yeah. like that. 
So where's the corn? Because there's hay, but no. Well, we'll throw a couple corn cobs on there. I don't know. <laughs> That's just it. Fresh <laughs> like, corn cobs. You can have them if you need them. We can't really plant corn and grow it all year long. That's true. For this tournament. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so on number six, you have a chance to eat corn if you need to. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll be in it for that. Um, uh, number seven, it's called Pick Your Poison. So you know the game where you put something under the cups and then they switch them all oh, around? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. There's a table by the tea box and there's a person that's operating it and they're doing that, right? And um, But you don't even know what's under it. So it doesn't really matter if they're switching it up. I guess they don't have to. I don't know. Okay. And uh, there's four different balls under these cups. So you get there's a, a rubber ball. There's a tennis ball, there's a foam ball, and there's a small wiffle ball. Mm, okay, okay, so this is what you have to tee off with. After that, you can play your normal you can switch ball. Switch out for your ball. Yeah, because you grab it and then you can throw it back to them. Or maybe they have a cart and they go grab it from you and go, okay, here's your ball. You, I've released you, whatever. Um, so there's no cheating or anything like that. But uh, you can imagine in this scenario, which one would you rather have? The rubber ball, tennis ball, foam ball, or uh, small wiffle ball? Mm, I don't know. Maybe the rubber ball or the tennis ball. Okay. Yeah, I think... Is this a par five? This is a par... Yeah, let's go with that. Let's make it it, really hard and like people are If you have a foam ball, it's going nowhere. It's going zero. Yeah, exactly. So, And the wiffle ball is not going anywhere either, so it kind of stinks. Um, So yeah, that's my pick your poison hole. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, you're frustrated at this hole. You get to this hole on your your, your map. Eight. Eight. Phantom hole. So, okay, a little bit opposite than the ghost hole... So we have five flags out there and obviously just one of them has the hole underneath it. So you're trying to figure out which one it is. So what are the other holes or what are the other flags? They're just, they're just in the ground through the ground. Mm -hmm. Just diviting this, (laughs) this tee box, but it doesn't matter because they're making a lot of money on the, on the entry fee or something. Maybe I don't know. We'll we'll fix it after the tournament. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get somebody on it. We'll bring some sand. That's fine. Okay. So that, that's pretty cool. And I think that's mainly because you get up to the green and I mean, honestly, I can know where the hole is and I'm still not going to make it. So I would ju- <laughs> that would be my excuse. Like, oh, dude, I would have made that, but you know. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and yeah. Number nine is, uh, is nine lives. Uh, you helped me on this actually, because you said number nine has to be about cats. Oh like, yeah. They have nine lives. So I was like, okay, you have to use your nine iron the whole time. And let's assume that nine is a par four. It's not an easy par three where you could probably use your nine anyways and be okay and get away with it. It's a par four where it's got a little bit of distance on it. It's not a hard hole necessarily, but your nine is going to add at least an extra stroke unless you just crush and blade your nines and then just like, oh, wow, that's... And then you get a hole in one. Yeah, like my brother, he, uh, he uses like a pitching wedge to like hit like 150, 200 yard shots. And we're just like, dude, that's not what that's for. That's supposed <laughs> to have loft. But, but if he, I mean, if you got a guy like that on your team, that's a big plus because yeah. he can smoke a nine iron. Like it's his uh, hybrid okay. or his five. What is it? What is, it's his almost shy. like, it's almost like a shy. Right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Number 10, 10, we've got the werewolf. Mm. So they have to wear, I don't know, like some, those costumes with the werewolf paws. Okay. And they have to wear that and try and put it. Are they thick? Is it hard to like? Oh, yeah. Like, and they got the claws you on got no and everything. feel to it. Yeah. So It'll be real difficult. Real golfers would be absolutely furious because I know guys that are like, oh, no, I wear a glove every time or I don't wear a glove or whatever, but they just feel like their hands are, you know, in golf, hands are so much. Yeah. Your body takes place and, you know, the, your body is a huge part of it and a huge your component. Your body is a temple. Your body is a temple. Uh, but your hands are so important because if you feel like, oh, I just slipped, you know, every, every excuse in the book a golfer will use, including myself. I know I'm not good, but I'm like, but it could have been better because of this. I did. This is what happened. I slipped, whatever. And so this is perfect because number 10 is going to just pick at people Mm -hmm. so bad. And just after what, number seven, when I did the, the, the balls that they just would be absolutely. So now, you know, within four holes, they're just, they're just stewing. Or brewing. What do you say on that? I'm going brewing. Brewing. Okay. Let's go brewing. <laughs> mad. They're just mad. Sounds a little more Halloween. They're upset. Halloweeny. Okay. Number eleven is. Uh, I like this one because this is going to pick up the pace. It's at a time where people are getting a little tired, so it's even worse for them. But it's called the zombie chase. And basically, what you're going to do is you tee off. There's somebody at the box, and they're going to be with you. So you got runners. 
or maybe there's two runners because then you can, yeah. And you have five minutes after everybody tees off to make it into the hole or you add two strokes. So it's a pace of play thing, but you have to think in your imagination, it's called the zombie chase because you've probably seen those running apps. Have you ever heard of those apps where you could put on your phone and it's like, Zombies are chasing you, so you have to run oh, no, three miles. Yeah, you have to run like three miles, or the zombies will catch you. And then you're these are actual zone. zombies chasing them. Yeah, these are actual zombies chasing them. We're gonna like go into a lab and make zombies for okay. this tournament. Are they Is world that too much? war? No, not too much. No, but it's probably fine. I need to know: Are they world war world war Z zombies? Okay. Or are they Walking Dead <laughs> zombies? It's got to be Walking Dead. It's it's a mixture because World War Z. You don't get like as soon as you the clock starts, you're dead. Yeah, they're, like, those are they're on you. They can almost fly, right? They can <laughs> jump like 90 feet. So no <laughs> to that one. But then they're also not going to just slowly walk at you. Crawl. But there are some people their pace of play is crawl. So, True. I mean, let's find a happy medium. But gee whiz, can we please get it moving? <laughs> so that hole's pretty much always clean because five minutes in. They're gone and yeah. you've got to clean. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to speed it up. A it bit. speeds it up. There's probably a long wait at the next hole, uh, which is number 12. And that's yours. That one is the bone yard. So you've got okay. to putt with a skeleton bone. So you can use your other stuff until you get to the green. And then you got to putt with that. Okay. My question with this, is there just a full skeleton laying on the green and you go, oh, I'm going to use this bone or I'm going to use this bone or do you have to use one bone? Mm. Do you get to choose what bone you like? There's a I, bucket of bones. Oh, and whatever you pull out is what that's you even use. creepier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think this. I mean, it's creepy no matter what. Are these real bones? Mm, nah, no, that'll okay. be weird. Well, but we, we we created zombies for this <laughs> for this golf course. But yeah, bones being real bones. That's too far. <laughs> too far. Goodness gracious. There's those are human beings. The zombies weren't, I guess, ever. Number 13 uh, for me, that was headless. The headless player. You play blindfolded on this, and so this is where the scramble really it, – it, it goes away for one hole because uh, one of the players isn't hitting it. Okay. Uh, one of them, the better player probably, is blindfolded while the other one's like, okay, this is the direction you need to go. You can adjust them and stuff like that and then say, I need you to swing and, and hit this. So it's going to be really tough, and um, they, I'd say we got to put a limit on it. Yeah. Do they have a blindfold on the whole time? You got to lead them back to the car and drive them to the next. Or yes. Where it, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to tell them, oh, it's 100 yards from here. So if they're good with the range finder and they go, oh, it's 100 yards. I know what club I need, all that stuff. Then it could work, but you still don't get a feel for if you're a really good golfer. This might be OK. If you're not, if you're like me, then you're whiffing on balls. You're putting that uh, the club head like through the ground and stuff because you don't have a feel for the distance. But so what's the time limit? Um, there's not a time limit, but there's a stroke limit. So oh, okay. yeah, you can only, you can do up to double the stroke. So say it's a par three, you can do a, well, you can do eight. Let's go that. Okay. Yeah. You can do up to five over. It's pretty much how my par threes go anyways. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> exactly. You might be the one to tell them where to go. Number 14. <laughs> oh, that's me. Okay. Yeah. That's you. Um, 14, we have the bat flight. So, mm. um, the trees, so it's got to be at a hole, and we might have to switch holes depending on the course, but it's got to be at one where there's some trees around the green or, like, close to, and then we're going to hang bats in there, and you've got to, you want to chip it, or I guess you could use whatever. Whatever you want to do. Somehow you want to hit one of the bats, knock them out of the tree for a prize. Okay. They'll be tied real, real loose. All right, so with this, the only added rule for this one is there's got to be like a camera so that you're not just like oh i you know i got this bat I actually got two bats right and then you mm -hmm. go back to the footage and you're like you literally climbed that tree to get it Cheater. yeah that's true or maybe someone's manning that hole and if you hit the bat then they cut it down and, and you take that oh, okay you. that's cool because you might not be able to smack it out of the tree maybe it's like when you hit the bat it turns it like it powder flies so it's like oh yeah you definitely hit it because some people mm -hmm. are gonna be like okay. oh i hit that bat and you're like I didn't see it. And then they're upset at you. And so now they, you know, okay. it's just not a good thing for that. But yeah, I really like that one. So that's a good one. Bat flight. I'd probably use all of my strokes for that one. <laughs> Number 15 is the uh, candy green. Um, it's 100 fun size candy. This is a normal, uh, normal hole. Let's assume this is like a par four and it's a hundred fun size candy bars scattered over the green. So you got to putt. You can't move them. 
You can't scoot them out like leaves or anything like that. We have to assume that that's just part of the course. So if you putt and you are, I don't know, 30 foot out, you probably have to putt it really hard because you're going to try and bounce over stuff. You might even putt it like a chip where it kind of bounces a little bit. That might help you. But there's really no great putter that can say, oh, this is easy for me. It's going to be hard. Can you take a candy when you go? When you're done, they'll they'll uh, they'll give you a, a voucher for one of the candy bars. So mm-hmm. when everybody's done, they'll just give you a little candy set. You probably don't want to stick, stick around for that, but yeah. How about they give you a king size at the end? Okay, yeah. That's okay. part of the entry fee. We'll just add in $2 to everybody's <laughs> thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay, 16. 16, we have Headstone Park. So we're going to outline the green with some headstones some fake ones obviously good and it's going to be kind of like a barrier so you either want to hit it onto the green your mm-hmm. first uh when you drive okay or you want to hit it like far enough in front so that you can chip it over you okay. don't want to be too close because then how are you going to get it out that's where you get stuck in the grave tough. yeah so you're you're it's that's why stuck it's stuck in the grave stuck in the grave okay i like that one that's cool and that's a par three yeah. Because you always have a chance to put it on the green. Okay, Yeah, we cool. got a lot of par threes. I here. would definitely try and get as far away from the stuff as possible because I know for a fact I'm not getting on the green, but my luck, I'd hit a rock and it would get really close to the green and just be like a half inch away from the headstone. And there's no club length out. Sorry, this is part where of the fun. It is, where it lands is where it is. Exactly. Where it lands is where it is. That's true. That's very <laughs> true. Number 17, um, I put one weapon fight. Or choose your weapon, whichever one you want to call it. Probably choose your weapon sounds cooler. Each player can only use one club the whole time. Kind of similar to number nine with the nine lives thing, but you actually get to choose it. Um, This is a par five, and this is a deep par. Let's say this is like the second deepest on the course next to the 18. And so, yeah, if you want to say, oh, I'm really good with my whatever, you can use that. The cool thing about it is, like I said, it's a scramble. So if I use my driver, then you can use your... Uh, pitching wedge, but at the oh, same, okay. but it, but you probably but don't want to ever switch. use it. I would never use a driver on a hole that you have to use only one club because after that first one, I can't hit you a can't ball clean with a driver. I mean, I could probably putt with the driver okay, but I probably won't be able to like do any mid range stuff. I would catch, mm. I'd probably break it in half because oh. I'd hit the ground so hard. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, that's probably not an ideal thing. Okay, the last hole. This one is for everything. You come up and you're like, ooh, I'm doing okay. I had some rough streaks with some of these holes. But this is, I got to finish out strong. So what do we got? We have the fun house drive. So as you're teeing off, Mm. there's going to be different patches like um, out in the what is it called? On the fairway. Fairway, yes. And so it'll be like a different color each patch mm. and they'll mean something different. So like if it, you hit the red one, mm. then you got to go back like 20 yards okay. and drop your ball there and go. If you hit green, that takes you straight to the green and you can just drop it. There's going to be like on the green an area that it, you have to drop it in. Like, like you maybe, obviously not in the hole. But yeah. You have to like stand there and then you can th- like toss it with your hand or something or. Yeah, but it, like it'll be a an outline, kind of like on the green, how the very edge of it is like a little bit taller. Oh, okay. Like from there. Uh, That's perfect. I mean, who wouldn't want there. that? That's yeah. cool. Okay. Then, I don't know, a yellow and an orange and like those mean something. Mm-hmm. We'll get creative. Yeah. One of them maybe means you got to go straight to the sand pit or something like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. And then one's like, I don't know, we're going to. One, you lost your ball, so you got to take an extra stroke Ooh, or yeah. that stinks. That's cool. I mean, I wouldn't. That'd probably be the worst one. Even the 20 yard. That one would be black. Would be black cool. hole. Okay. Oh, because it's just like it's disappeared. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. No, no more of that. Okay. Well, there's our 18 holes for the Halloween golf course attraction tournament. I don't know why I added attraction to that. I could have just said Halloween golf course tournament, but hey, <laughs> you know what? We try to add words here to sound cooler and that's what we're doing. So KK, thank you so much for being on. Love having you on the podcast. We will do this again, right? Of course. I got to put Thanks you, I gotta put you on. on record to make sure that it happens again. <laughs> Next All right, Halloween. Guys. Next Halloween. Yeah, golly. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and give us a five-star review if you get a chance to. And even if you don't get a chance to, come around to it. You got this. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day.